What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you need to, email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. All right. All right. Here we go. Draft is over. Draft is finally over. And of course, let me not let me not give them too much credit. I'm sure more people will be moving. I'm sure we'll get you know, I thought we just had a draft coming down, you know, uh SmackDown, we got some matches that are coming up that are interbrand and then even Raw next week we're going to have some interbrand matches, but leading into Hell in a Cell all this will get polished out and, and we'll hit the ground running. Uh, to me, I think SmackDown won the draft. I do like both sides, but I think we have Raw in position again, having too much talent that they may not know what to do with. Raw's roster, based on the draft, they have Drew McIntyre, Asuka, The Hurt Business, AJ Styles, Naomi, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler as a tag team. Ricochet, Mandy Rose, Miz and Morrison, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, Dana Brooke, and Angel Garza. That's from night one on SmackDown. Then after that, on Talking Smack, they got Umberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, and Tucker. On Monday night's episode, they drafted The Fiend, Randy Orton, Charlotte Flair, Braun Strowman, Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Retribution, Keith Lee, Alexa Bliss, Elias, Lacey Evans, Sheamus, Nikki Cross, R-Truth, Daba Kato, Peyton Royce, and Akira Tozawa. And what was it? That night on Raw Talk, they drafted Lana, Riddick Moss, and Arturo Ruas. Now, of course, it looks like they're keeping their Raw Underground squad intact. For SmackDown, night one, they got Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Jey Uso, Rey and Dominic Mysterio, Big E, and Otis. And on Talking Smack, they got Murphy and Kalisto. And on night two, they drafted Bailey, Street Profits, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Lars Sullivan, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro and Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, Apollo Crews, Carmella, Aleister Black. And on Raw Talk, they selected Natalia and the Riot Squad. And then free agents that were taken by SmackDown. Billy K, Tamina, Zelina Vega, Shorty G, and Raw got the Lucha House Party and Eric from the Viking Raiders. Now, again, in my opinion, I think SmackDown won the draft. With the the style of wrestlers they have and the presentation they give, it's it's a, a no-brainer win overall. I mean, just in your mid-card title scene, while Roman's telling his story, you have... Kevin Owens, Aleister Black, Kalisto, Sami Zayn, Murphy, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, Paulo Cruz. You just you have them all. You have them all. The women's division, albeit, you know, the tag title shit is is what it is. It is what it is. But even the women's division, which I saw a lot of people comment that, you know, Raw or SmackDown didn't draft any women. By the end of it, they made up for it. They got Selena Vega, Tamina, Billy Kay, The Riot Squad, Natty, Bailey, and Carmella, as well as 
Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. You're you're mad at that women's division? We got we got some high level matches there. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. I'm interested to see when Daniel Bryan decides to come back. Interested to see what Kevin Owens is going to do on SmackDown. The Aleister Black thing, they had an awesome match on Raw. When Kevin Owens took the Meteora from Aleister Black through the chairs, my back hurt. And I, I've had three back surgeries. That that definitely hurt my back. Big time. Holy shit, man. That's, that's, the, that's the bump that should have ended the match, right? That's where all you AEW shills get all bent out of shape about Raw and the shit that they do. That, oh, you can't believe anything they do and, and shit like that. But the match was awesome, so I'm glad we got it. And we'll see what they do on, on, on SmackDown. I can't imagine that the feud's going to go much further than that. And they, they have an, an IC title scene to build up again because Sami Zayn is now the champion by himself. And AJ Styles and, and Jeff Hardy are both going over to Raw. So, I mean, look at all the all the contenders he has for that title now. So... That, that should be a great title scene. It'll allow Roman Reigns to continue his tribal chief in, in, in however they plan on taking this particular direction. And, and me personally, because it started with family, it should stick with family until it ends with family before they go to the to the next level. Now, the next match that they had on Raw was Lana Natty versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooks. And, and I like that we had these like you know new women's tag teams staying and matches together and stuff, because I thought we were going to continue to build this women's tag team division. But at the end of the match, Natty gives up on Lana and is like, go fuck yourself. And, you know, not, not really knowing that it was leading to two two particular parts that happened later in the night. Natty gets drafted to SmackDown, but then Lana ends up winning the women's battle royal for the number one contender spot. I rewatched this match in particular with the sound off to see if... I'm, I'm kind of overblowing the Lana stuff. I, I keep putting out on Twitter that, you know, in, in order for us to have people to watch and appreciate, they need to get in the ring and do the work. Nothing gets done without practice, and they say it all the time no matter what the sport is. There's nothing like game speed. So even if Lana is down at the PC every week, you know, she's not on Raw doing the work. So she has to be on TV doing the work. Natty's been around forever, and I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm not a fan of her wrestling, and it's mostly because she's never on TV to have those matches. And they keep calling her the winningest women's wrestler of all time, yet she hasn't won a match in, in months, years, or any, any matches of significance in years. She'll win three or four in a row on her way to a title shot, but she won't she won't win the title, and then she'll end up losing a bunch of matches after that. So anyway, I watched it with the sound off, and I, again, if you are a wrestling fan, then yes, you want to watch good wrestling. But if we don't have enough wrestlers, especially for something like the women's division or the tag division, then you have to at least appreciate, in my opinion, you have to appreciate those who are trying. And I give Lana a lot of credit. And I, Again, I watched the, the match with the sound off, and you can see it in her face that she is giving it a shot to be a good wrestler. I don't know if it can happen. Not every athlete is built the same. You know, they talk about football players doing ballet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's different functional muscles. So... If she's willing to put the work in, 
And this isn't a, a Lana Stan moment. It's not. Because, honestly, if she just wants to be a manager, I'm fine with that, too. Because she, she is entertaining. And I don't want this to be two years from now. I told you so. All I'm saying is that with any wrestler, period. Any wrestler, period. If they are on the screen, all I ask is that they give a shit. And Lana is giving a shit. And she is trying so maybe in three months from now, she's better for it. I don't know. But since she won the Women's Battle Royal at the end of the night for the number one contender spot, she's now going to be put in a position, like Zelina Vega was, to have a match with Asuka where Asuka can carry her to whatever level she should be performing at. And that's something I can buy into. Yes, Asuka will win. Asuka will win decisively. But if she can make Lana look like a million bucks then it can also prove to Lana the level of competition she can be at. Now, again, for me, like I've been calling for, and I tweeted that shit out, Lana needs to go through a table every fucking time she's on TV. I love it. I absolutely love it. I was actually pretty upset when the tag team match ended and and Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax didn't come out because I thought, you know, shit, when's Lana going to go through a table? And then I, I, I forgot about the Women's Battle Royal. And that's all I looked for. When a women's battle royal came out, I was looking for Lana. Is she out here? Okay, cool. There's Nia Jax. Cool. She can go through a table. Then you don't see Lana. What happened? Did she get eliminated? They didn't say anything. Okay. Nia Jax get eliminated, and she's pissed at Shayna Baszler for being the one to tip her over. She goes to take her frustrations out on something, and then she sees Lana laying on the ground. Goes over, picks up Lana. Boom. Throws her through the fucking table. Simone drop style. Fucking love it. Fucking love it. Four in a row. The streak is at four. Keep it up. Keep it up. And that's what wrestling is. It's fucking entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares? Who cares what they do as long as it's something semi-unique? As long as it's something fun? And Lana getting put through a table because Nia's pissed off is fun. And at the end of the day, not even on some 50-50 booking bullshit. This is just for the sake of... Lana going through a table, but Lana got her comeuppance by winning the Women's Battle Royal. So awesome. So awesome. So we have we have new shit. We have new shit. Now, yes, is Lana going to win? No. And that's fine. So hopefully Oscar can bring her up to that level. After that match, we had Andrade versus Angel Garza. And in a question I had on Twitter, and, you know, if, if you guys saw it and commented, I get, you know, that perspective. Anyone else who's got a thought, please let me know. But I have a real problem with the the Angel Garza, Andrade, Zelina Vega angle, the, the way they're the way they talked about it. Cause it it never lined up to a one on one match blow off, we're never fighting again. Like why why did we get this match in a who's better than who, you know? And like Garza hurt himself at the pay per view and it looked pretty bad. And Andrade Gave a shit. Zelina dumped them back when she did her first match with Asuka. So why was she back out here saying that she's contractually obligated? And this is the last time she'll be out here. Um, you know, I, I just... This is bad storytelling on that end. Um, but, you know, maybe in, in the the cynical mind of a WWE fan, you know, hey, that's raw for you, right? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And, and yeah, fu- funny thing is, um, Andrade didn't get drafted. He wasn't listed... As a free agent signing, he wasn't even picked up by Raw in any way. 
you know, him and Charlotte are together, and they seem to keep couples together, you know, because even Aleister Black got drafted to SmackDown, and then Zelina Vega went over there. So, I don't know. Um, fun match, though. Good thing uh, Garza's okay. I-, I hope it wasn't a gratuitous match because, I mean, his leg was wrapped up pretty good. So, if they had it just to have it, and, and the way Garza was moving, he looked fine. And he got the win. So, you know, let's see if he gets momentum with his own storyline, considering Zelina Vega's gone, and who knows what's going to happen with Andrade. But it seemed like the most important part of that match for me. Uh, so excited. Fucking Alexa Fiend, man. Fuck. Lights go off. The red comes up. Alexa's holding the ropes, head backwards, Bray style. I, I'm, I've been all over this story from the beginning. You heard it here first. I don't care what anyone else says. No one's been all in on this storyline but me from the beginning. Absolutely no one. This is the the greatest thing on TV. I'm a little bothered that it's on Raw, except for the fact that it there's more players to, to attack, more players for them to go after. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like we're going to get the stable, and that's okay. I never really wanted one to begin with, but I agreed with the thought. But since since Aleister Black and KO are going to SmackDown and the Raw, and Raw has the Fiend and Alexa Bliss, I think having a stable just isn't going to happen. But man, when Alexa was 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 bent back over, head upside down, with the music going on and Andrade and Zelina Vega had no clue what was up cut to Bray Wyatt standing behind them man I was I was I was geeking I was fucking geeking man this this is so awesome it's it's the best presentation of two characters that we have so man hop on the train and take this fucking ride culminating of course with with Alexa Bliss and the fiend, dual sister Abigailing Andrade and Zelina Vega. Ah, man, man, they are finally fully together. And and doing this, because here's the thing, right? The music hits, the screeching, the lights, and all that shit. You don't know where the fiend's going to come from, but now you don't know where the fiend or Alexa's coming from? I mean, come on. This, this, is, this is it. This is it. Now, there's not many men-women combos they can do this with, but I, I think that's that's not the issue here. It's going to be them doing individually, but through this same entity, and I, I fucking love it. I saw a workshop of somebody putting the Fiend mask on Alexa, and it doesn't make sense, but there's there's got to be a way that that can happen, maybe with face paint, maybe with a mask. I'm not sure. It may not need to happen at all, Alexa can just do makeup and stuff, but she actually, based off of her her KO show on SmackDown, can do this as as someone non fiend persona. So she can have the the beautiful makeup, get herself all dolled up, and be the like the porcelain doll of it. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But man, did it start off great on Raw! So shout out to them. Absolute shout out to them. I, I fucking love everything Alexa Fiend and The Fiend. But moving on, we had a Raw Tag Team Championship match. Earlier in the night was the Street Profits getting drafted to SmackDown. So they they just swapped the tag titles between the New Day and the Street Profits on 
just some here take care of my title shit. And that's fine. It's not creative, but in three weeks, who cares? You know, why worry about it? In three weeks, it doesn't matter. They're on their own brands as tag team champions. Um, good match between Kofi and Xavier, which do we, are we still going to call them the New Day? You know, is it it's still proper to call them the New Day? We got to see how that plays out, right? Because if, if they, let's say they lose the tag titles and win it back. Does Big E still count as a member of the New Day, able to able to defend the tag titles? Not, right? So you can't necessarily still call these guys the New Day. Hmm. But anyway, uh, Woods Woods and Kofi retain, um, you know, but what, what else do you expect out of those four, right? Just to have a good wrestling match. So that's, that's what we got. All right, the other matches we had, we had the triple threat between Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy, which, you know, was literally made out of nowhere. And it was what you expect that to be, um, this, like, semi-car crash, semi-wrestling classic. Uh, you know, really fun. Just, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I, I took this as Jeff Hardy doing his his grand finale. You know, based on the ladder match that we had at Clash of Champions and based on this match here, I think Jeff is really just gearing up to do every wrestling match he can with as many people as possible before he walks away from WWE. I don't see him staying much longer than whatever his contract says. I don't know what it is. I don't care to look it up either. But, I I mean, to do the triple threat for no reason on Raw with AJ Styles and Seth Rollins was basically, let's just have this match because Seth is going over to to SmackDown and I don't know if we're going to wrestle or we're going to have the chance to wrestle again. And to throw AJ in there, you know, why not, right? But the, the finish to that match was interesting because Elias came out and smashed Jeff Hardy with a guitar. And hey, fucking right. Elias is back. And all I care to do is walk with Elias. He's so good. His, his character, his persona, his, his athleticism. You know, I said, I said a couple years ago, Elias is so mad that Braun Strowman exists. Because if it wasn't for Elias... Or if it wasn't for Braun Strowman, Elias would look like the biggest fucking dude in the world. But he gets dwarfed by Braun Strowman. But Elias is, I mean, dude is jacked up. He's very, like Braun Strowman, deceptively fast for his size. And and technically, you know, the way he moves in the ring, he's, he's, he's not a bad technical wrestler. So shout out to Elias being back. And another match we had, Ricochet versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, really good, man. Really, <laughs> the best setup and finish to a match that we've had in this entire Hurt Business Ricochet feud bullshit for the last two months was... Uh, <laughs> so Ricochet approaches the Hurt Business saying, look, this is it. No more. No more. Me against any of you, and if you guys win, I'll join the Hurt Business. But if I win, y'all gotta leave me the fuck alone. And it's a great stipulation, right? Because you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know how how it's all going to play out. And turns out the match was going probably as expected, right? Ricochet and Cedric Alexander doing all their shit. Her business gets involved. The ref takes a little bit of a bump. Doesn't know what the hell's going on. And uh, MVP throws a chair in. Ricochet catches the chair. And then search Twitter for the memes, man. The fucking... Gotta love it, man. Ricochet's homage to Eddie Guerrero and Will Smith at the same time. 
It's, <laughs> again, check the memes. Fuck, man. <laughs> he smacks the he smacks the mat to make the chair sound, throws the chair to Cedric Alexander, and falls with a fainting motion and wins the match via DQ. So the Hurt Business is no longer allowed to fuck with Ricochet. I would love Ricochet, though, to do something. The fact that he's not going to SmackDown to fuck with all those mid-carters is a problem. He's been wasting away on Raw, and there really are only two options for him. And in my opinion, and at Just In Time 211, we've agreed on this for a while, he's got to join somebody, either the Hurt Business or Retribution. The Hurt Business makes a little bit more sense, uh, you know, just based on the the strength and numbers of familiarity, too. I mean, him and Ali are boys, too, but he's more familiar with the people in, in, in the Hurt Business, but... He's got a ceiling, man. He's got a ceiling if he's not going to be with others. And and that ceiling is the U.S. title. And guess who fucking has the U.S. title? You know, because they're not going to put him up against Drew McIntyre. They should, but they're not going to. So what's wrong with putting him back on NXT? You know, I'm sure Ricochet would fucking love it. He'd go down there and just have fucking classic after classic after classic. But that's not what we're getting, so... Uh, another thing I want to point out about the Women's Battle Royal, Billy Kay. Uh, look, Billy Kay isn't the greatest technical wrestler, uh, but as a personality on the mic and her ability to do the comedy shit, I mean, when, when she was getting eliminated by Nia Jax, it, she looked, I mean, oh, can't lift you up. Fuck. Shoulder tackle. Ah, my shoulder. Like, she's just the best. Just the best. Women's division on Raw is going to be okay. It's a matter of who gets time and how well it's done. SmackDown, I think, again, is going to be just fine. Uh, they're going to tell better stories. You know, with, with Sasha and Bailey doing their thing through Hell in a Cell, and hopefully further, again, hopefully further. I've been saying it for weeks. This needs to get pushed to Royal Rumble through to WrestleMania and give us the major match at WrestleMania. I'm talking like a first blood match at WrestleMania, something. But in that time, you, you take Bianca Belair and you have her feud with Natty and and, I mean, Bianca Belair versus Ruby Riot versus Carmella, all that stuff. Like, let's let's make it happen, you know? But, I don't know. Good fantasy book all this shit all day long. Overall, again, though, with the draft, I think SmackDown won because the players they have with the stories that they've been able to tell, I think is going to put us in the right direction. They've been, they've been the better show for the last couple months. They've been telling better stories and putting on better matches. Now that AJ Styles is over on Raw, you know, maybe he gets another shot at the title. Who knows? But, again, overall, I really like what SmackDown has. And we'll see what happens when the shows when the shows get up and running. Again, I think that happens after Hell in a Cell. You know, I look for Survivor Series to be the first big, you know, solidification of the brands. You know, like they did the last couple years. It's always brand versus brand. I wonder if NXT is going to be a big part of it this year, like it was last year when they they won the overall scoring. Uh, For me, you know, if it's just Raw and SmackDown, I'm okay with that too because I think we all enjoy NXT TakeOvers as a solo event. But, yeah, let's let's see how this plays out because I think story for story, uh, SmackDown just does a better job. Match for match, SmackDown does a better job. So, yeah, overall, I thought the draft wasn't too bad. And this is the reset I've been looking for. So we'll see what happens in a couple weeks. You know, probably polished off at the end of Hell in a Cell. 
Anyway, let's get into some some Twitter action from this week. A uh, couple shout-outs I want to get to for sure. Uh, some new new follows and shout-outs go to at PWFiend, at NHomyard, at Cherny underscore Jeremy7, at K-O-N-D-W-E-L-A-N-I-M-S-H-A-3, at Mystical Mystic, at The Elitist on YT, at Christy01092003. And I want to give a belated shout out, but definitely not overlooked, at Rasslin Pins. I ordered their Austin 316 pin. I'm looking forward to it coming in the mail. It looks awesome. They have a Bret Hart pin on pre-order now. So they're a brand new company trying to get their business up. And if they're going to give us you know, some good wrestling content, I don't see why we can't support each other. Based out of Europe. Uh, U.S. in total, I believe it was thirteen fifty for everything. You know, the pin and shipping. You know, it might be on the little expensive side, but it's coming from Europe, and you know that it's it's short circulated. And who knows? You know, uh, hopefully at wrestling pins blow up, and I got the OG edition. You know, hold some value, maybe sell it down the line for five hundred bucks. So shout out to them. Also. Shout out to Graham from At Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. He asked me this week to do a promo to play on his show. And, you know, this guy's been so supportive of every episode I've ever put out. He spread the word more than anyone else. Um, You know, I'm incredibly humbled that I can help people enjoy wrestling a little bit more. Uh, He, for one, has reduced his screen time since... You know, his time is divided with being a school teacher and, and raising his kid virtually and all the responsibilities he has. Is, and he uses my podcast to help recap him on everything that's happened in WWE, along with, you know, some other tools, watching the top tens, uh, you know, scrolling through Twitter and things like that. And, you know, I, I couldn't be more appreciative. Uh, and check out their podcast. Another thing Graham did for me is he told me to speed my podcast up. <laughs> I've uh, I've been listening on 1.2 and 1.4, depending on the podcast, and it's actually helped me uh, jump into other podcasts and catch up on other episodes, like the guys over at Cassock Club. Shout out to them, too. They do a good job of bringing me up to speed on the AEW stuff I don't feel like listening, and they have a really cool dynamic with you know perspectives from basically three different eras, so definitely give them a, a, a listen, too. Uh, you know, this is this is a little community of fans who enjoy enjoy wrestling, and if you can do that and and recommend to others to enjoy it, I mean, please help spread the word. All I ask is when I send the message out, you guys retweet it. If you have time to listen, you know, please do. If you don't, bump up your listening speed to about 1.4, 1.6 on mine. I tend to leave some air gaps that 1.6 wouldn't be too bad. So, anyway, look. Again, you know, I appreciate all the support. I'm up to, I think, 11 countries now. I just surpassed 300 total listens, averaging around 13 plays per episode. As long as it keeps growing and there's positive feedback, I'll keep doing it. And I have no plans on stopping. I really do enjoy this. So thank you, everyone. And I I mean that. Absolutely mean that. It's very fulfilling to do this. And I appreciate all the listens and feedbacks. So, with that being said, 
review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.